Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you today. We are in the book of Matthew as we're going through our study, Yeshua, Son of David, exploring Matthew's gospel, and today we are on lesson 48, The One Who Forgives. The One Who Forgives. Matthew continues to show us Jesus as the one who forgives, revealing his desire to forgive and the importance of forgiveness between relationships here and as well as our relationship with the Lord himself. So today in Matthew chapter 18, we're going to begin the reading in verse 15, and we're going to cover the rest of this chapter in this episode. In verse 15, beginning there, it says this, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold, with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother 
his trespasses. So in this passage, we're going to see Jesus stress the importance of forgiveness in several different ways. I want us to discuss those now. First of all, he looks at the dealing with a brother or sister in Christ who is in sin or in fault. He talks about how we should take him and talk honestly, be honest about the situation, take him and talk to him in person alone. Then if he doesn't hear, we take with us two or three others so that it's established because God has a two to three witness principle. If he won't hear that, it goes before the church and so on. And then he is to be treated as a tax collector or a sinner. In other words, one who's not a Christian, someone who needs to be repentant, who needs to be brought back to the Lord, who needs to be truly born again and saved. So in this situation, the impetus here is in several ways. First of all, we've got to be honest and deal with the situation. I remember several years ago, I was dealing with a family member, and there was a situation that had arisen within our family. And I had prayed and prayed and prayed about the situation because I wanted to deal honestly with it. It was eating me inside, but at the same time, I loved my family member and I wanted no harm to come in this situation. And so the Lord directed me to Romans chapter 12, verse 9, which says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Let love be unfeigned or sincere. In other words, the Lord was showing me that it required honesty on my part, but that love be overarching in the entire situation and in the entire discussion, according to 1 Corinthians 13, and that I could not come with any form of condemnation, according to Romans 8.1. So the Lord began to show me how to do this, and I had to pray and ask the Lord, Okay, God, you got to teach me. How do I speak honestly to my family member about this situation for it to cause the right result and not cause harm and not cause pain and not cause a condemnation or a dissolving of the relationship? And the Lord began to show me that. He began to speak to me, and I asked the Lord to show me and to work it all out in His perfect will. And I learned through that several things. One of the things we've already read in Matthew chapter 7, where it talked about the plank in our brother's eye, the, or the plank in our own eye, and the speck in our brother's eye, and how we have to deal with ourselves first, and then deal with what is going on in the brother's eye, etc. And even in Matthew chapter 7, in verse 1 through 5, it says this, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, key word, first, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So when it's necessary here to deal with a situation with honesty so that love will be without hypocrisy and these grievances must be dealt with, it when it's necessary, it requires several things to happen first. First of all, there must 
be humility in the part of the person that is going to be dealing with the situation. There has to be humility. There has to be a recognition that, but by the grace of God, I would be where you are. But by the grace of God, I would be struggling with that. I would be caught in that. I would be doing those things. So there has to be a humility. There has to be a seriousness about the situation. There needs to be a bathing in prayer beforehand of the entire situation. First and foremost, for you to deal with your own conscience, for you to deal with that plank in your own eye, to clear out your own conscience, to get your right attitude so that you're not going to someone with a condescending attitude like, let me fix this problem of yours for you kind of deal. But you are going to them humbly and you are saying this is a serious matter. It's something that we we need to deal with. But you're going to them humbly. You're going with a clear conscience. You're going with the right attitude because you want them to be right with God and right with you. Then, once you've dealt with all of that, then you can discuss the problem with your brother or your sister honestly and for the right reason to see them free of that, to see the relationship restored, the ultimate desire being reconciliation and righteousness. When it's done this way, Jesus says that we, being the church, he's already told us in Matthew 16 about this, that the church would be able to bind and loose, that the things that we would bind would be bound and the things that we would loose would be loosed. And that there's this two witnesses principle, two to three witness principle that applies all the way back from Deuteronomy. And because doing it God's way and desiring God's will and displaying God's love and wishes will bring this about. There'll be no false witnesses and there'll be no insecurity when it's done the right way. So then Peter comes up and Peter asks, okay, Lord, since we're on the topic of forgiveness, how many times am I supposed to forgive someone? If I do it seven times, wow, I think that's a that's a big number, isn't it, Lord? Isn't seven times a good number? And Jesus comes back and he says, I don't say seven. I say 70 times seven. And then he tells him the story about the man that has the two servants and the one owes a ton of money, a lot of money. And he comes and he says, God, there's no way I can pay you. Master, there's no way I can pay you. Please forgive me for my sin. Please release me from my debt. Help me. Help me. I have no hope but you. And the master is moved with compassion and forgives that servant all of his great debt. And then that servant goes out and finds someone who owes him just a teeny weeny little bit of money, hundred bucks, we'll say, something along those lines. And he grabs him by the throat and he says, pay me what you owe me. You know, this man may have owed $10,000 or a million dollars. And he comes and he finds someone that owes him a hundred bucks and he grabs him by the throat and he doesn't want to forgive him. And the master is very angry with that servant. He says, I forgave you all. I loved you. I had mercy on you and I forgave you all. And you're not willing to forgive him, his fault. This is not right. And so the master is very angry at that. 
God is a God of forgiveness. Our God loves forgiveness. As a matter of fact, when he proclaimed his very name to Moses, he said he was a merciful God, a forgiving God, one who loves forgiveness, is abundant in mercy, forgives sin and trespass, even for a thousand generations to those who love him. God is a God of mercy and forgiveness, and he wants us as his children to also be merciful and forgiving as well. Forgiveness is very important. And I believe here, even in the 490 that that Jesus uses, 70 times 7, we see that elsewhere in Scripture. It's found in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, where it's talking about Daniel's 70-week prophecy, 70 weeks of seven years each, bringing the total to 490 years. And it's very interesting because that is the total that will complete the forgiveness for Israel. We can see that coming to pass in Romans chapter 9 through 11 and in the Revelation studies that we look at through the book of Revelation and other passages that I've taught and others have taught. God is not done with Israel. In the 490-year time period that God has allotted and appointed for Israel, there will be complete forgiveness for the remnant of Israel as God promised when he said all Israel will be saved. The key point of this entire section is verse 35 of Matthew chapter 18, that we must forgive from our hearts each other. God is concerned about the condition of our hearts and our relationships, one with another and one with him. And forgiveness is key to all of that. Forgiveness is very important and necessary. We must forgive others in order to be forgiven by God. Jesus has already told us that in Matthew and in other places. Forgiveness is not pretending that it didn't happen to us. It's not letting it go in the sense that someone's getting off scot-free, nor is it saying it didn't hurt and it wasn't wounding. But forgiveness is letting go and letting God In other words, forgiveness is rendering the rightness of the situation, the demand for payment to right the situation to God for him to deal with. God will make all things right in the end. His desire is always mercy to triumph over judgment in the end. But he's going to deal with the situation in his time and in his way. Our job is to let it go, give it to Jesus, because he is the one who forgives. He's the one who will make all things right. He's the one who judges the situation and who can bring that person either to mercy, to a place of repentance where they will confess their sin and repent before him, or to where he can deal with the situation in righteousness, in his time and in his way. So our job, is to forgive them. And that means that we let it go, giving it to Jesus. We will not demand payment. We will not demand restitution. We give it all over to the Lord and trust him. He is the one who forgives. He is the one who deals rightly with every situation. And he expects us to forgive from our heart.
as he himself will also do. I pray that this has been a blessing to you, and Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes in this series. God bless you today, in Jesus' name, amen.